0: leaders and danny just got smacked in the head. I can smack you in the head, okay. Um, This uh, this is Danny, he's one of our youth leaders uh, of our youth group and uh, God's using him in a great way in amongst our youth and it's exciting to hear what God's doing in Danny's life. And Danny told me a a story of something that happened uh, just last week, last week, cool bananas, last week. So I, I felt that it was so powerful
1: that I wanted to share it with you guys at the church. So, so, Danny, what happened last week? Well, pretty much. For those of you that don't know, I'm a youth worker as well. So, I work up in the city. Um, and I was looking after this little kid who has serious issues and, he, and he's known to sort of chat to himself and talk to voices in his head. Um, and there was one particular night he wasn't going to sleep. It was being really difficult. And I put him to bed at about eight o'clock and he, and he comes into my door and he's like, ah, oh, the voices in my head are like, you know, telling me to look over my shoulder. I can't, I can't get to sleep. And so I walked into his room like, all right, well, you know, what what can we do about it? And he's like, oh, I don't know, like, I'm not going to go to sleep. I haven't been sleeping. And I said, well, I've got something to tell you. The voices in my head are telling the voices in your head that like, there's nothing to be worried about. It's telling your voices to be quiet and not to bother you. And then he looked at me and he's just like, why would my voices tell your, like, why, did, why would my voices listen to your voices? And I kind of just put my hand like softly in his head and said, because my voices are a lot more powerful than yours. And he kind of looked at me like really oddly. And I'm like, what are your voices saying? And he kind of smiled at me and he's just like, nothing. And, and he rolled over, he literally rolled over in his bed and just went to sleep like straight away. And it was like the first night, he has slept for like a long time so yeah praise god
0: so the voice in me is going to tell the voices in you
1: stop um he's seven seven years old seven years old let's give danny a hand
0: How powerful is that? How powerful is that? Young man, in the normal course of his employment, has an opportunity where God opens a door for him to bring peace into a young person's life. Was that hard, Danny? I mean, did like.
1: Um, yes, because of the whole religious work ethic issues that sort of every place of has, but then no at the same time because I, my heart is for kids and I want to see them, you know, change and grow. And it kind of just happened. I couldn't catch myself and it was sort of in a moment and I could see the end result and that's what I wanted. And so in that aspect, it was really easy because, of course, I want him to, to sleep and have, you know... Like a good day, night. So, how long were you fasting for this to happen? <laughs> Definitely not fasting.
0: <laughs> All right. Um, well, how long was your your, your the prayer uh, vigil that you were on uh, for you to be able to do this? Probably about zero minutes. <laughs> so, hang on a minute. You weren't praying and fasting for this, but you just did it. I, yeah, just did it. Yeah. Well it wasn't me but Fascinating, isn't it? <laughs> Fascinating. So so how many years at Bible college have you done for that?
1: About twenty five actually at this uh, twenty six nah zero. Zero. No
0: Bible college training. Who'd have thought? Isn't that amazing? Thanks, Danny. Here's the challenge. What's your excuse? God opens a door and all he's asking for us to do is just to trust him. Vicki. Powerful, powerful, prophetic time of worship. Because you can trust me, Lord. We we can trust the Lord. I I think sometimes we make this more difficult than it really is. This is not my message, but I've made it my message. The title of my message this morning, and I've I've just dropped in one extra word because I think it's, it's actually in line with what God's wanting to do because of what Luke has done. Where is Luke? I can't see Luke. Oh, he's up the back. There he is. Um, because of what Luke started out with that one word, embrace. embracing. So the title of my message this morning is this, Simply Embracing the Spirit-Led Life. I was always going to talk about the Spirit-Led Life. But I thought, okay, Holy Spirit, I'm just going to partner together with you and let's see where this, we can land this baby. Embracing the Spirit-Led Life. Embracing the Spirit-Led Life. Anyone here want to embrace the Spirit-Led Life? Excellent. Can I just get you guys who put your hands up, reach out around about you just to touch other people around about you right now and say, what I'm wanting, I want for these other people around about me now. I want everyone to enjoy and to embrace the spirit-led life. Touch the people behind you, reach behind you, start to pray for them that they would embrace the spirit-led life. Lord, we're embracing the spirit-led life this morning. We're going to high-five you, we're going to lay hands on you, we're going to create a hunger in these people around about us to want and embrace the Spirit-led life this morning. We agree in the name of Jesus and everybody said? Amen. Amen. Are you ready for the word this morning? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm going to be reading from the book of Acts. Acts chapter 1. And verse 4, and I'm going to read through to and including verse 11. And I'm reading out of the New Living Translation, and this is what it says. Once, when he was eating with them, when Jesus was eating with them, he commanded them, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift that he promised. Everyone say, promised. Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. Everyone say, promised. As I told you before. John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? It's an interesting statement, isn't it? He says, uh, and he replied, The Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Verse 9 says, after he was saying this, he was taken up in, uh, into a cloud while they were watching and they could no longer see him. As they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. And they said, men of Galilee, why are you standing here staring into heaven? <laughs> That's a good question for us, isn't it? Well, why are we always often just our heads in the clouds and we're off there with the pixies just wondering what's going on? He says, men of Galilee, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you. In the heavens, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way that you saw him go. this morning I, I want to talk about embracing the spirit-led life, because I think there's power and things that we can understand and, and can help us in our everyday lives in embracing just a spirit-led life. I've been gripped, honestly, by some quotes that I've read recently. Some quotes that have been put out by George Barner over probably the last five, maybe eight years. And they've really gripped me. Let me just... So he does surveys of various people and organizations and Christendom to determine the spiritual temperature and the things that are happening within the church in the United States. Now... I want to suggest to you that life in the United States is not a whole lot different from what we're going to find here in Australia. So we could probably say that the the, the statistics that he talks about in his surveys, we could probably apply with a close margin, saying that that's probably going to be indicative of what's going to be happening within Australia as well. Is that a fair sort of statement to say? I mean, we're not too dissimilar. I mean, they talk with a funny language, you know, a funny accent, and. And stuff like that, some really weird ideas about some stuff, but let's just. This is what he says. He says they did this survey, and when asked, uh, these Christians asked if uh, they have a personal responsibility to share their faith with others, 73% of born again Christians said yes. That's a great number. I wonder why it wasn't 100%, but who knew? So when this conviction is put into practice, however, the numbers shifted downward. Only 52% of born-again Christians say that they actually did share the gospel at least once in the past year to someone with different beliefs in the hope that they might accept Jesus Christ as their Savior. Only one in two people would have done it. Only half of the amount of people that did it. George Barner, <coughs> several years back, brought a gentleman over to the U.S. from China to see the church and its impact in the United States. As the the man from China was leaving the United States, Barna asked him what he thought of the church in the United States. And this gentleman from China said this, he says, it's amazing how much you've accomplished without the Holy Spirit. Let me say that quote again. He said, It's amazing how much you have accomplished without the Holy Spirit. A.W. Tozer says this, If the Holy Spirit was withdrawn from the church today, 95% of what we would do would go on and no one would know the difference. If the Holy Spirit had been withdrawn from the New Testament church, 95% of what they did would stop, and everybody would know the difference. I think we need to embrace a spirit-led life. Now, I want to say this, that it's a stinging indictment upon the church. That is a stinging indictment upon the church. But too often, it's, it's right on the money. Okay? Now, I want to say this that I am taking these statements personally, me personally. I'm applying those things to my own life, okay? So this morning I'm challenged personally, and that this is something I'm going to personally take responsibility to address in my own life, and my prayer is that we will all think about those statements and feel challenged to take responsibility for them and prove those statements false in our life. I'm not saying that you should. I'm encouraging us to hear what the Spirit of God is saying and rise to a challenge that I believe that God, by His Spirit, is laying out before us all this morning. The truth is that today's church is much more like the world around us than it is like a foretaste of heaven. What's happened to the church today? Why have our dreams become so small and our outreach so hard to find people to partner with it and get behind those outreach endeavours? Why are we so timid with our faith? So afraid of stepping out for God and laying hands on a young seven-year-old's head and saying, the voice in me is going to tell the voices in you to be quiet. Why are we so centered on everything but eternity? So consumed by our own desires. What's the answer? How should we respond to this challenge? I believe that the answer is recorded in Scripture for us. In Romans chapter 8, verse 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. In other words, the true mark of a child of God is that we are led by the Spirit of God into all that He would have for us to do and accomplish in our world, to say in our world. We need to get back to what we see and read and believe about the early church. I believe it's, it's sort of like there as a, as a, uh, uh, a benchmark, almost, This is the ideal that Christ wants us to live as his church. The body is his church. And I take this responsibility personally. I take this as something that I am going to address in my life personally. I want us all to be spirit-led, walking in the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit. So I want to encourage us this morning by reminding us of what Jesus said about some things. You ready for that this morning? You ready to be encouraged? This is a good message. I think you're going to be encouraged by this. I believe that this is not something to be down in the mouth about. It's not something that we need to beat ourselves up over. It's something that, okay, we need to know that this is where we are and this is where we're heading. And you know who's going to lead us? We're going to be spirit-led in coming on this journey. It's It's a work of the Spirit of God. It's got to be a work of the Spirit of God. Because if it's a work of me, it's going to die. If it's a work of you, it's going to die. But if it's, a, if it's a work of the Holy Spirit working in and through us, then we're going to see a demonstrable change in the way that we live life because we're living empowered to live that life. So the first thing Jesus said was, Jesus said, we have a promise. That's the first thing that Jesus said to us. He, we, we have a promise. It's the Father's promise. I read it to us before in Acts chapter 1 and verse, uh, verse 4. It says, uh, <clears throat> once when he, uh, Jesus was eating with them, he gave them this command. Don't leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift that he promised. What was the gift? <clears throat> Holy Spirit. The gift of the Holy Spirit. It's a, it's a, it's a promise to equip us for the plan that God has for his church. The promise of the Father was that he'd send his spirit to dwell in the hearts of men and women, you and I. In John chapter 14, verses 16 to seven, it says, uh, Jesus says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. Isn't that great news? He will never leave you. No matter how much you sin, no matter how much you mess up, he's not walking away. He said, He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive Him because it isn't looking for Him and doesn't recognize Him. But you know Him. But you know Him. Turn to the person next to you "You and say, you know Him. You know Him. You know Him. You need to turn to the person on the other side and say, He lives with you now and later will be in you. John 15 verse 26 says, I will send you the advocate, the spirit of truth. He will come to you from the Father and will testify all about me. In other words, Jesus, not me. Not me. Jesus. This is the promise of the Father. So Jesus says there is a promise for us. Okay. So let me help us to understand a few things about the Father's promise. Number one, the Father's promise is personal. It's a personal promise to you and me. It's for all who believe. It's not a special class or a denomination. We just need to believe. Okay? Uh, there was a, you know, a seven-year-old boy who had his uh, head lay, had, had hand laid on his head, okay? And, and the voices went quiet from a young leader in our youth group, okay, who, who hasn't been to Bible college didn't spend months and years praying and fasting for this particular thing to happen. He was just led by the Holy Spirit. Himself. He believed what the Holy Spirit can do in a person's life, that the, the voices and the, the turmoil and the torment that young people can go through can actually be quietened and addressed by the Spirit of God. He believed that that's what God can do. What do you believe that God can do in through your life? It's a personal promise to us. Here's our personal promise from the Father. The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, will come to dwell in our hearts to take up residence in our lives. I've, I've read it before. John 14, 16 to 17. I will ask the Father and he will give us another advocate, a helper, one who comes alongside of, the paraclete, they say. How's that? on Greek? I read it on the back of a matchbox. Thank you. Second thing we need to understand about the Father's promise is it's constant. It's a constant promise. Uh, unlike me, my passion and fervor for Manchester United goes up and down, down like this. Okay. If they're winning, I'm on a high, baby. Okay. But if they're losing, Manchester who? Who? don't let me get started on Liverpool. (laughs) The Spirit did not only come to the apostles on the day of Pentecost, this was no once-in-a-lifetime encounter. In fact, the Holy Spirit's filling of believers is not a once-of event either. It's an ongoing, refilling, and overflowing experience if we'll pursue it. The comforter has come to stay until Christ returns to take us home to be with the Father. There are those who believe that the power given to the apostles died out with them. I want to tell you that's a lie from the pit of hell. It is not true. Romans 8.11 says, But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. See, the the constant is that what the Holy Spirit did for Christ, He will do for us. He doesn't do it just for certain people. He does it for people who believe. He does it for you and I if we'll partner together with Him. The same spirit that Jesus had is the same spirit that we have access to and who can fill us. That's the constant. He doesn't choose special people. His spirit is here and where his spirit is, his power is also. The third thing that we need to understand about the Father's promise is that it is outwardly focused. So not only is it personal, not only is it constant, it has an outward focus. See, the Spirit comes not to serve, but to empower us. The Holy Spirit has come to empower us, to fill us and to transform us and to empower us to bring transformation to our communities. Danny was used by God to bring transformation to a young person's mind, as he was led by the Spirit to do so. There was an outward focus. Matthew 10 verse 8 says, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. The power and the presence of the Holy Spirit is to to be released to bring freedom of spirit, soul and body to other people, to heal, to set free and to deliver those who are oppressed by the devil. It's the same mandate that Jesus had upon his life when he was walking the earth because Jesus is the model for us in living a spirit-led life. Because the Bible tells us that we are to be transformed into the image of Jesus. So it's got to be something about the life of Christ that we are to model or, or to, to, to follow in the footsteps of. Why would we need to be transformed into the image of Christ if we're to follow the example of someone completely different? Doesn't make sense. So if Jesus or Father, the Father is asking us to be transformed into the image of Christ, then I believe that what he is asking us to do is to live a life that is spirit-led. Like Jesus was. And to do the things and say the things that Jesus said and did in his day. The second thing that Jesus said about the promise is this. It's a, a promise of power. It's a promise of power. Jesus said that this is a promise of power. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, but you will receive what? Power. power. Everyone say it. Power. power. You will receive what? Power. Say it like you believe it. Power. power. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, I've got to make an apology to you this morning. I was beyond myself. I could not help myself. This is something that is completely flesh-driven this morning. My next point, okay, is this. This being Bathurst Sunday. I- I've got to tell you right now, my video recorder is working overtime, recording a certain race that's happening right now. It is the V8 supercar. The V8 supercar. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, a V8 verse for you. Is that good or what? Eh? I thought that just jumped off the path. I thought that's got to be the Holy Spirit right there. That's a V8 verse if you've ever heard. It's a verse of, it even talks about power. That's a good verse, isn't it? A V8 verse for you. You know, just write that in your notes, underline that, circle that, get a highlight pen out and just say, that's a V8 verse right there. You shall receive... I'm sorry. I Some of you are looking like, is he real? You know? I am recording it, trust me, I am recording it. You shall receive what? What verse is it? Oh, I love that. I was so close to calling this the V8 sermon, but I thought, no, nah, I better not. Have we seen what's happening in the early church because of the fulfillment of the Father's promise that people were embracing a spirit-led life? I want to give you some things about what happened in the early church because people embraced a spirit-led life. Oh, I feel it now. A V8 coming just coursing through. Oh God, like just rocket fuel coming through into my veins right now. So here's just a few passages to remind us of what this outward focus, this constant promise, this, this personal uh, promise that God gives to us looks like in the early church, okay? We have power for reaching the lost. I don't know if you know, realize this. You've got power to reach the people who don't know Jesus, You've got power to reach the unlocked, the, the, the lost people, the, the unchurched people, the unbeliever in, in our world. In Acts chapter 2, verse 41, those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day about 3,000. That's power, baby. We've got power to reach the lost in our world. Here's the deal with Peter. He's very much like a young youth leader over here. Peter didn't go to Bible college that we know of. Peter wasn't, you know, like going on this massive fasting deal, although he may have because he did come out of the upper room. So he was praying for some stuff. He was being led by the Holy Spirit. And he gets up to talk. The guy that loves the taste of leather. Because quite often it was his foot in his mouth. I don't know, Peter, you know, like I read the, the Gospels and quite often he's just swapping feet. Takes one foot out of his mouth and replaces it with the other one. Anyone? Does he remind you of the person sitting next to you? Because he couldn't be talking about you. But this is Peter. Power for reaching the lost. Okay, We've got power for boldness. Okay, Acts chapter 4 verse 31. After this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And then they preached the word of God with boldness. So these spirit-led people have got power for boldness. Do you need boldness in your life to talk to the lost, to talk to your family and friends, to pray for someone who's in your family who's sick? Do you need boldness to reach out and to touch them with the power and the the Spirit of God? As you're led by the Spirit of God, if we embrace this Spirit-led life, we'll have power for boldness. We've got power for unity. In Acts chapter 4, verse 32, it says, All the believers were united in heart and mind. And they felt that what they had owned was not their own, so they shared everything that they had. The Holy Spirit unites us under the banner of Jesus Christ. He always points to the Son. The Holy Spirit guides us and directs us and as one body, the body of Christ. Great point, Gary, great. We've got power for generosity. You've got power to be generous. turn to the person that you didn't talk to the time before and say to this to them, okay? You've got power for generous. Being generous. You've got power for being generous. In Acts chapter 4, verses 34 to 35, it says, there was no needy people among them because those who had owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need. There were no needy people because the needs of the people were met because there was power for generosity. The Holy Spirit unleashes outrageous acts of generosity to and through believers. We've got power for healing the sick. Who's glad of that? In Acts chapter 5 verses 14 to 15 it says, Yet more and more people believed and were brought to the Lord. Crowds of both men and women. And as a result of the apostles' work, sick people were brought out into the streets on beds and mats so that Peter's shadow might fall across them as, uh, across some of them as, as he went by. You see, the Holy Spirit releases the kingdom of God through us as we lay hands on the sick, as we're praying for the sick, as we heal the sick. Here's the challenge. Jesus told us to heal the sick, not pray for them. Half of this side are going, yeah, that's really good. This side are going, Whoa. <laughs> thanks, mate. But the, the, what are we doing? We're just simply releasing who we have into a circumstance or a situation. How did the young man get peace in his mind? There was no, oh, Lord Jesus, would you come and just touch this boy's head and his mind and these voices that are going on in his head right now. We just bind in the name of Jesus. We just release the peace of God. We, we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here right now, that you can touch this young man. We sort of like pray ourselves into a bit of a fervor. There's nothing wrong with that, okay? But really all that Danny did, look, I'm just believing right now that the voice in me is going to still and quiet the voices that you're listening to. It doesn't get any simpler, really, does it? It's, it's not rocket science. I, I think sometimes we, 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 we're just lacking faith and we're trying to talk ourselves into a, 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 a position or a state or an atmosphere of faith. And sometimes God just does it anyway and just need to, to step out in faith and just to lay hands on people. John chapter 14, verse 12 says, I tell you the truth. I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done, Jesus said. The same works that Jesus did. What did Jesus do? Lazarus. Uh, Blind people, blind Bartimaeus. Uh, He had his, his sermon interrupted when four blokes bring their mate on a mat and they carve up a hole in the roof. And they lower this young man down into the presence of Jesus and Jesus heals him. Jesus confronted the the religious spirits and the religious political system of the day. Think about what Jesus did. It's amazing. And then he goes on, he says, and even greater works will you do because I am going to be with the Father. Why is he saying that? Because we will get the Holy Spirit for us. And we will be people who embrace a spirit-led life. The Holy Spirit wants to release so much of the kingdom of God through us. He wants to release the greater things of God's kingdom through us. We've got power for faith. Did you know that? Power for faith. Acts 6.5 says, And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Philip, he's there as well. Gives us like power for direction in life. Acts chapter eight verse twenty nine. The Spirit of God said to Philip, "Go over there and overtake this chariot." And he goes alongside and this chariot, and there's this Ethiopian inside there, and this Ethiopian is reading a scripture out loud, and Philip, all he's done. Is responded to the Spirit of God, say, when the Spirit of God said to him, go over there and stand over there or or, or walk alongside of that chariot. That's all that Philip got. That was the only instruction he got. From then on, Philip took it under his own wing because he knew that this was a divine appointment and whatever he was about to say, the Spirit of God was going to breathe life on and there, there was going to be a change. Sometimes the only thing that God's going to say to you is go over and talk to that person, and he's not going to tell you what you need to say. Isn't that good? But what will I say? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Just hello. <laughs> great start. Great start. Just hello. Just just say hello. Just say hello. Engage the person in the conversation. I. I needed to go and speak to uh, a family of a young person a couple of years ago. And uh, as I approached their, their, their house, I saw out on the front veranda that the father of this particular person was cleaning some fishing gear. I said, you like fishing? Yeah, I like fishing. And I just engaged him in a conversation. And I just introduced something about God into the conversation look for points of connection look for points of connection it's it's a lot easier than we think see in, in Acts chapter 10 verses 19 to 20 meanwhile as Peter was puzzling over the vision the Holy Spirit said to him three men have come looking for you go get up go downstairs and go with them without hesitation don't worry for I've sent them you're looking for direction in life you've got power for direction What do I need to do in this circumstance? Just listen. The Holy Spirit will lead you. Sometimes you're not looking for direction, but he gives it. You need to turn left up ahead. I I remember David Hogan telling a a story. Illustration is just too long a word. So he told this story. He said that he was uh, about to leave their particular home and there's two ways that they can go into town. There's one way they go out through the front of their, their home, they go out to the main highway and it's a real quick trip into town. The other way is that they go out of uh, uh, their, their particular property but then they take a backtrack that's around about 20 to 30 minutes longer than it takes them to go out through the front track. And he he's, uh, comes out in his car with his wife and he, he says, okay, which way do you want to go? His wife said to him, listen, you hear from God. You need to, to, to hear from God where we're going to go and then just respond to that and follow what the, the Spirit of God says to you. He says, I feel we need to go left and take the back road. She says, We'll do it. So they go out and they take the back road. They're out on this back road and they get a phone call from one of their kids saying, Are you guys okay? And he says, Yeah, we're fine. Why? What's up? He says, There's been a massive gun battle out on the front of our house, on the highway of where we live. Over 22 are dead at the time he's going out of his driveway. Do you need direction in your life? Sometimes you're not asking for it and you just need to turn left. You just need to turn left and then be open to the opportunities that come your way as you do that. Now he lives in Mexico, okay? It's gangland stuff, okay? So it wasn't like he lives in Adelaide and... All right. So just <clears throat> so There's so much of the power of God that's available to us as as we are embracing the spirit-led life. There's power for peace. Acts chapter 8. Okay? There's this Simon the sorcerer. He's going around, wah, 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 wah for days behind the apostles. And, and finally, I think it was Paul, I can't remember, no, it wasn't Paul, it was Peter, turns around and says to this guy, would you shut up? And he casts this demon out of this bloke. It's, it's power for peace. Power for peace on a young person's life. It's, it's the power for peace in our world. We can have power for miracles. We can have power for opening prison doors. We can have power to see whole households saved. It's power to raise the dead. It's power to survive being shipwrecked in life. There's so much that is available to us because we are embracing a spirit-led life. And this is available to us if we'll just go on this journey and say, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do today? It's a relationship. He's a person. Just talk to Him. Just talk. Just be open for the impressions of you. I believe that you hear from God so much more than you actually give yourself credit for. That sudden inclination to phone someone. It's a Spirit of God thing. If at the very worst that it wasn't the Spirit of God you're just going to say hello and say, well, I just really think you're a great person anyway. Let's go on embracing this spirit-led life. We need to search out God's Word for what you need and then believe that by the power of the Holy Spirit, it will become our reality. Now, I'm not saying claim it, blame or, uh, Was it blab it, grab it? You don't need to do that. It's, it's, what is the Spirit of God saying to us? We are being led by the Spirit of God and let's take a hold of the things that the Spirit of God like, breathes upon for us. Is that fair? About three people agree with that. It's fantastic. I love this message. It's a great message. I'm going to preach this until i finished. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus said this about the promise. Jesus said, okay, not only is it personal and stuff like that, it's constant, but it's, it's, uh, it's also outward focus. He said this, Jesus said it's a power for purpose. It's a power for purpose. 1 John 3.8. This is the purpose. For this purpose, Jesus was manifested on the earth to destroy the works of the devil. Why do we have this power that's available to us? To destroy the works of the devil. I've I've personalized this next verse. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Gary, God has anointed you with the Holy Spirit and with power. You're going to go around doing good, healing all who are oppressed by the devil, because God is with you. (laughs) You can check my Bible. I've scrubbed out a name, Jesus, in there. <gasps> How could you do that? Because I wanted to personalize it for me. I know who it's talking about, okay? And I know that it encourages us that that's what Jesus did. But I also need to know that this is what Jesus, God the Father, is saying to me personally. Gary, God has anointed you with the Holy Spirit and with power. I need to hear that. I need to hear that. Because there are days I don't think I can actually hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. There's certainly days I do not feel powerful. So I need to go to this verse and I need to tell myself and encourage myself, Gary, God the Father has anointed you with the Holy Spirit and with power. And I'll look at myself in the mirror. I say, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. I'm in your face. You have been anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. You are going to go around doing good. And you are going to heal all who are oppressed by the devil. Because my Father's with me. The Holy Spirit is inside of me. And I'll, I I I wish I could put my hands on the verse right now where it talks about in, and I'm pretty sure it's in Colossians, where... Paul is saying to the to the, the Colossians, he says that this good work, this this thing that's happening around the world right now, it can't be stopped. It can't be stopped. It can't be stopped. God has set something in motion where it can't be stopped. Jesus came. To destroy the works of the devil, Jesus has given us the power of the Holy Spirit for a purpose. To be witnesses, to be deliverers, to be healers, givers, to be leaders. The truth is that we have a purpose and that purpose is Christ-centered, it's not self-centered. The truth is that most of us live our lives thinking about us, okay? how we feel, what we want, what we do. The Spirit comes to transform life from being self-centered to being Christ-centered. It's a huge difference. Acts chapter 1, verses 10 and 11 says that while the disciples looked steadfastly towards heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. And they said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into the heavens? Often I think that we're caught standing around gazing into heaven instead of actually being the church. And that's the challenge of embracing a spirit-led life, it's easy to get sidetracked in life, okay? Jesus tells us that the, the Spirit of God, the paracletos, the comforter, comes to give us power. Not power for us, but power for Him to be His witnesses in our world. We're empowered to be the hands and the feet of Christ in our world. Starting in Jerusalem, that's probably our homes, in Judea, in our communities, in Samaria, the region in which we live. But also to take this to the uttermost parts of the earth. And I believe that we in this day and this age can actually do that because of social media and how small the world is right now. It's a matter of having the Spirit of God refresh and empower us to be all that He has made us to be. It's led by the Spirit of God. It's being you know, embracing this Spirit-led life. Let's allow the Holy Spirit to guide us, to, to lead us, to fill us, to empower us, to speak through us and to heal through us. Let's believe for a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit this week. Let's, let's have a fresh encounter with the Father, with the Son, and with the Holy Spirit this week. Let's not go through another week where we don't hear from God. Let's not go through another week where we don't read our Bible, where we feel uh, negative about ourselves, we beat ourselves up. Let's not go through that, those motions again. But let's make a determined effort. Holy Spirit, I'm going to be led by you today. I'm going to by you today. I'm gonna be led by you today. I'm going to be led by you today. I'm going to be led by you today. Let's stand. Let's aim to be people who embrace a spirit-led life. And let's take our world for Jesus. There are people who need you and I to be spirit-led. There are people out there who need to know that God the Father is real. And one of the ways that He sometimes does that is that he comes up to you through a person like you and I, and we read a person's mail. It's like we've just been standing outside of their kitchen door, knowing the conversations that have been going on in that home, and we say, this is what's happening in your home right now. We're operating in a word of, of wisdom, a word of knowledge that we have for that particular person, and we just step out and say, I believe this is what God's saying, and we bring healing. Our world is crying out to know that God is real. There are spiritually hungry people in our community and they will turn to whatever they hear about and know about. I pray that that God uses us as we embrace the spirit-led life this morning. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the power of your word. I thank you that you're here by your spirit now. And I pray, put a fresh hunger and a desire in our hearts this morning to be spirit-led people, to be people led by your spirit, to be people who embrace the spirit-led life, who are looking for and wanting and hungering and desiring after the person of the Holy Spirit, that we can walk in tight communion, in intimacy with God the Father through the power of the Holy Spirit. Right now, if, if you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit, you don't know in person, you've never sort of like had this experience of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. I want to pray for you. Is there anyone here this morning You're not baptized in the Holy Spirit, but you want to be? One over here. Anyone else? Just put your hand up nice and tall and I can see it. We're going to pray for you. One over there. Thank you. Okay, can I ask you boys to come in? Thanks. I'm just going to get some people to gather around them. I want... I want spirit-led people around Hunter, and I want spirit-led people around Joey, around Joey today. Okay? I want you to just lead them to an experience of the person of the Holy Spirit. Let's just release the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. Come on, reach out your hands, church. Is there anyone else here this morning? You're not, you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, but you want to be. Is anyone else here this morning? Come out the front. Let's believe that the Spirit of God can touch your life like He's going to touch these lives now in the name of Jesus. Guys, just begin to ask for the Holy Spirit. Just ask Him to come into your heart. Come into your life. Come. Ask Him now out loud with your voice. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill me afresh in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit come, Holy Spirit come. Holy Spirit come in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit come. Holy Spirit come in the name of Jesus. 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 Holy Spirit come in the wonderful name of Jesus. Just while the folks are praying out here this morning, I I just want to pray for those. I want to pray for us as a people. If you want me to pray for you to to embrace a spirit-led life, I want you to put your hand up this morning. Spirit-led life. Put your hand up nice and tall. Give me a wave. Give God a wave. He's seeing your hand. Holy Spirit, you see these people. And I pray you interrupt their day. I pray, Lord God, that you interrupt their day. I pray that you interrupt their day, Lord God, in a great way, in a a life-changing way, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I pray that every single person here who's got their hand raised, Would go on this journey of being spirit led in the name of Jesus, believing and having faith to know that they're hearing your voice that that slightest whisper that inclination that 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 prompt to turn left that that prompt to to ring that person to visit that person to take a meal to that person to drop off an anonymous envelope filled with cash into that letterbox father i pray that by the power of the holy spirit you lead your people in a great journey and an adventure that is heaven sent it is divine it's absolutely supernatural in, in, in capacity, Father, in the wonderful name of Jesus this morning. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Thanks, guys. I believe in God, our Father. I believe
1: in Christ, the Son.
0: I believe in the Holy
1: Spirit.
0: Our God is three and one. I believe in the resurrection